So what do you do when you find yourself hitting a spiritual wall? When with everything in you, you want to believe in the goodness of God, but what you see with your eyes is different than what you wanna believe in your heart. What do you do when you find yourself wrestling with doubts, when what you always thought was true, you're not quite sure is true? What do you do when you wanna believe that God is good but life is not? That's what we're talking about over these few weeks. We're in uh, one of the most raw and honest books of the Bible. We're studying the book of Habakkuk. Last week we were in Habakkuk chapter one. If you're with us, Habakkuk one is not a sitcom sermon. Who knows what a sitcom sermon is? Sitcom, all the problems are resolved in 30 minutes or less, including commercial breaks. Chapter one is not a sitcom sermon. You're still hanging. Uh, We're in chapter two today. There's three chapters in the book of Habakkuk. Chapter two, not a sitcom sermon. Uh, A lot of people said last week was difficult. It was raw. It was hard to handle. Uh, If you didn't like last week's message, you're really not going to like this one. (laughs) Why don't you lean to your neighbor and say, you're not going to like this one. (laughs) Welcome to Life Church. We're here to make you feel good about yourself. (laughs) We're in Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk 1. Don't walk away from God in chapter 1. Chapter 2. Don't quit on God in chapter two. Chapter one was all about wondering. God, I know you can, I believe you will, but you're not, and I don't understand why you're not. Chapter two is all about waiting. Wondering is difficult. Waiting is even more difficult. If you missed last week, let me give you a little uh, backstory on the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a minor prophet. Uh, He lived and wrote and prophesied about 600 years before the birth of Christ. Uh, Most prophets would do this. They would speak to the people on behalf of God. This is what God says to you, people. Habakkuk was different. He didn't speak to the people on behalf of God. Instead, he actually spoke to God on behalf of the people and said, God, I don't understand why you're not. I don't think this is fair. You're supposed to be a just God, but I'm not really sure you are. Where are you, God? Why aren't you doing what I think you should do? Uh, His people, the people of Judah, at one time they were blessed and prosperous, but now there was tremendous corruption and they were suffering greatly. And so Habakkuk cries out, God, deliver us essentially. And God says, okay, I'm about to do something and you're not gonna believe it. It's gonna amaze you. If I told you, you wouldn't even believe it. And so if I'm a backing, I'm thinking finally God's gonna come through. He's gonna answer my prayers. Everything's gonna be great. We're gonna be happy and live you know, uh, blessed lives. And God says, I'm gonna raise up your enemy, people who are even worse than you are, the Babylonians, and they're gonna issue judgment upon you. He's like beside himself. This doesn't make sense. This isn't the God that I wanna believe in. Chapter one, he's wondering, Why don't you do what I want you to do? Chapter two, he's waiting. God, when are your promises gonna come true? Let me tell you what I'm waiting on right now. Besides the very personal story I've told you about nonstop because my world is a wreck uh, because of our daughter, I'm waiting on my friend Eric. It's not his real name, don't wanna embarrass him, 
But Eric is a strong follower of Christ and he made some bad decisions and betrayed his marriage vows. And now he's not sure what he wants to do with his life. Does he want to go back or does he want to go with a new person? And my heart breaks for him and for his wife and for his children. And we're all praying and believing that he will hear the spirit of God and he'll do the right thing. And so far, he's not. Um, Brian and, and Carissa, they're on our staff. Uh, pastor Brian is the pastor of uh, Life Church Keller. His precious seven-year-old daughter, Macy, had 31 seizures in a day. No diagnosis. Last week, she was at the same doctor in New Mexico my daughter, Mandy, went to. We're praying for a diagnosis and um, believing, waiting, waiting, God. Touch this precious little girl. Um, then there's Luke. Luke's my buddy. Luke is 11 years old. Luke has um, an operable uh, brain uh, tumor, uh, brain cancer. And uh, it's inf infecting his eyesight and all sorts of other things. This is uh, little Luke. He came to my office uh, before he moved away two weeks ago. This is us hanging out and this is us having fun. Just me and a Luke. <laughs> and a uh, precious kid. Luke has led so many kids to Christ on his floor at the hospital. He's bravely endured chemo. Um, he's a champion of kids. Uh, we sat right over here in the seat and on Luke's last week. And I just, I went up to him before he moved away and I didn't know what to say. And then having, I've never said this before to anybody. I just grabbed his shoulders and I just looked him in the eye. I said, you're a hero to me. And then I just said, you have my heart because he does, it's like he's, he's got my heart. So Luke came into my office on Monday and he made me a painting. He gave me this, little Luke. And so Luke has my heart and I'm waiting and praying and believing that God will hear our prayers and do a miracle in little Luke's body because we have so much faith and little Luke trusts Jesus so much. What do you do when you're wondering, when you're waiting? I wrote what is um, probably the most personal book that I've ever written. It's out on Tuesday, Hope in the Dark, Believing God is Good When Life is Not. It's all based on the book of Habakkuk. If your life is good, if everything's up and the right, this book is not for you. This book is for those who are wondering and those who are waiting. It is available at, still at some life churches. It's, uh, if you buy it here, all the proceeds go to the church. If, um, if you wanna buy it online, Amazon, Mardell and such, it's available there. And uh, if, if you know someone is hurting, I pray it will speak to them. What do you do when you're stuck, when you're hurting? Uh, today, what I wanna do is get into chapter two. I wanna look at three different things that God's word tells us to do, very specifically, three things Habakkuk does when you're hurting, when you're wondering, when you don't know what to do. Uh, let me show you the first thing that we're gonna see to do. Some of you, this is what you need to do. You're hurting, you're wondering. The first thing we see is Habakkuk is going to listen to God. What I like about this is that when God's not doing what you wanna do, some people walk away, some people doubt God, some people quit on God, but Habakkuk doesn't do any of those things. Instead, what he does is he positions himself in the most strategic place to see the hand of God and to hear the voice of God. 
verse one of Habakkuk two. He says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I'm gonna be in the best possible place to see the hand of God and hear the voice of God. He says, I will look to see what he, I will look to see what God will say to me. This isn't easy to do when you're hurting because when you're hurting, what you wanna do is you wanna tell God to do what you want him to do and know he should do. God, reach Eric and draw him home. God, touch little Macy and heal her from seizures. God, bring healing to little Luke. If you do, we'll bring you glory and we'll brag on you. And God, if you don't, I don't know how I can defend you, God. It's really difficult to talk about your goodness when you don't do what I know you could do. You, you want to tell God what to do. Instead of telling him what to do at those times, it's important to listen to him. Our God is a God who speaks. God can speak through his word. If you're a follower of Christ, I would beg you to be in his word every single day, to feed on his word. Open up your YouVersion app, get your plan, and just feed on his word. He speaks to you, speaks to you. He'll speak to you through his spirit. He can speak audibly. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but he can speak to you in your soul, in your spirit, in a way. Sometimes it's even louder than if it were audible. He can speak through people. He can speak through circumstances. He can speak through a message. He can speak through a song. He will speak to you. If he doesn't, don't panic. Just because he's silent does not mean he is absent. He is always there. He's always with you. Listen for the voice of God. Now, let me just warn you and be real honest with you. Sometimes when you hear from him, he's gonna tell you something that you don't wanna hear which is exactly what he did to Habakkuk. You're gonna do something amazing, and then God says, yeah, I'm gonna raise up your enemy, the people who are worse than you, and they're gonna bring judgment upon you. That's not what I was looking for, God. God, I ask you to do this, and you're doing the opposite. That's not what I wanted to hear. Sometimes God will speak to you, and he will say something you don't want to hear the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, that there's probably no better example of a guy who deserved for God to do what he asked him to do. He had something called a thorn in the side. We don't know what it is. Theologians guess it was blindness or an addiction or a pain or depression, all sorts of different things. We don't know what it was, but he begged, pleaded with God three times. Seasons of pleading, take it away, God. Don't do anything, God. Have mercy on me, take it away, take it away, take it away. And God spoke to him and God did not say yes, but God said no. You asked, but my answer is no. And then God said, my grace is enough for you. He didn't say what Paul wanted to hear. If I'm Paul, I'm pushing back a little bit. Do you remember who I am? I'm Paul. I don't want your grace, I want your power. Peter, he needs your grace. <laughs> remember he denied you? Uno, dos, tres, give him your grace, give me your power. Thomas, Mr. I'm not gonna believe unless I see, give him your grace. I want your power. Do you remember what I did for you? You ever feel like that? You think for a minute, with my daughter sick, hadn't crossed my mind, 
God, you remember what my family's doing for you? Why don't you get on with it? Do something for us? I mean, I'm just telling you, if, if this is too real, I'm sorry. If I'm Paul, I'm like, okay, I was beaten for you so many times, I was left for dead, whipped across my back, shipwrecked, snake bitten, you know how I feel about snakes. <laughs> I was stoned and not recreationally speaking. <laughs> I need to say that for many of you, like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I can suffer for Jesus too, you know. <sighs> It's a medical condition. <laughs> After all I've been through for you, give me your power. No. I'm going to give you my grace. What you want is not what I'm going to give you. But what I'm going to give you is so much better. Listen, listen, listen. Then God's going to show us, once we hear what he's saying, number one, we listen. Number two, we write. We write it down. We document it. We record what God says to us. And this is the very thing that God says to Habakkuk. The Lord replied to Habakkuk and said what? Say it aloud with me, all of our churches. He said, write down the revelation and make it plain on the tablets. Document it, record it, write it down. Why do we do this? Because we have a spiritual enemy whose mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Our spiritual enemy wants to take from you what God gives to you. God will give you a word. God will give you faith. God will give you a moment of peace. And our enemy wants to take away from you the very word that God gives to you. And this happens all the time. For some of you, it was last week. You were in church. You heard from God. God spoke to you. God blessed you. God gave you faith. God moved you. You got in the car. You drove out. Your kids were fighting. He's touching me. Don't let him touch me. Draw a line in the middle. You look back. You came home. You're like, did God really speak to me? Or is that something else? You got distracted. Satan wants to take from you what God gives to you. Write it down, document it, put it on paper. Go back to it, hang on to it, believe it, claim it, embrace it, live in it. Don't let your enemy take it from you. This is something that Amy and I have been hanging on to months ago with our daughter Mandy hurting um, in agony every day in pain. Uh, God told Amy very clearly to rejoice and thank him for the healing that Mandy does not yet have. So you know what she did? She wrote it down in her journal, date, time, moment, and months later, we can go back and look to that moment. Whenever Satan wants to get us to doubt, to fear, to, to, to walk away, we go back and say, no, there it is. On that day, in that moment, this is, we're like Paul and Silas in prison. Long before the shackles come free, we're praising God in advance. Before we see the miracle, we're thanking him for his goodness. Listen to what God will say to you. Write it down. And then the third thing is difficult. It is no fun. It's where some of you are living right now. It's where my family is living right now. You listen, you write, and then God's gonna say, you wait. You wait, wondering 
is no fun. Waiting is much worse. You wait and you wait and you wait on the faithfulness of God. Some of you right now, you're waiting. Will my child ever come back to Christ? You're waiting, praying. What you wanna see, you don't see, you see the opposite. Is God ever gonna hear the cry of my heart and give me the marriage that I want to have? Is God gonna ever give me a job with benefits? Is God gonna ever stop the migraines? Is God gonna ever help take me out of this depression that holds me down? You wait. Verse three of Habakkuk two is one of my favorite verses. This is what scripture says, God says this, God says, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. Somebody say appointed time. The revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. Though it linger, wait for it. I was talking to a guy at the gym and he told me he's waiting on his wife. I said, where is she? He said, I haven't met her yet. I'm waiting on her, okay? I'm, wait, I'm waiting on her. And I said, oh, I, I, I get that. He said, you don't understand. He said, I'm waiting on her. I said, oh, yeah, I understand. Waiting, dating, and the deep desire for mating. He said, that's exactly <laughs> why I'm waiting. Some of you are there right now. Though it linger, seems like it's taking forever. Though it linger, wait for him. Though it linger, Wait for her. And while you're waiting, may I remind you, single is a whole number. In other words, you don't need somebody else to help you be fruitful and faithful for the glory of God. Single is a whole number. And may I also remind you, God may be preparing someone really special for you. And the best meals take a little longer to prepare. In other words, your gourmet dessert may be baking as we speak. <laughs> Though it linger, wait for that alarm to go off before, I'm gonna end this metaphor before I say something inappropriate about eating. <laughs> eating. Anyway, forget that, just wait for it. I, I, love, the, <laughs> I love the way uh, the, the Living Bible translates that very same verse. This is what it says, it says this. Uh, but God says, but the things I plan won't happen right away. Then God says, slowly, steadily, surely, as the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled, if it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. At the appointed time, God will deliver. At the appointed time, he will respond. At the appointed time, he will do his perfect will. At the appointed time. In fact, I love the word in the Hebrew that's translated as appointed time, it's the word moed. And it just, it literally means perfect, unstoppable timing of God. When, it, when it's the moed, it's coming. Kind of like whenever Amy gave birth to our third child, Anna, and she was about to get her epidural, 
and, and then she said, the baby's coming, and like, we need to get an epidural, and she, that was, she never got an epidural after that. She said it was, she felt so close to God having a baby. I don't understand that. I think she needs counseling. If I'm giving birth, I want drugs and more drugs, but no, Amy feels close to God in pain, whatever that means. And so she looks at me, and she says, the baby's coming. I said, I'll go get a doctor. She said, no, you're not gonna get a doctor. I said, I'll hurry. She said, no, you're delivering the baby. And I said, no, you're not. And she said, yes, you are! And so I delivered the baby. God is my witness. She's screaming and pushing herself off the back of the bed. I'm running to the back of the bed, pushing her head down, running to the place like that. I'm in the ready position, like I'm gonna catch a ground ball. You know, and, and she, at that moment, literally, Anna came out and I had her head and then I dropped her only this far, but I did drop her. Technically, I was the closest human being when she came out, so I delivered her at the appointed time. It's gonna happen. At the Moed, you can't stop it. Always remember, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. When it is God's time, you can't stop it. Though it linger, wait for it. His timing is perfect. You may say, it takes forever. I continue to wait. I'm not seeing it. It's not coming to pass. But I hope you'll remember if you're in the waiting zone, which is where I am, when you're trying to hang on to your faith and you're not seeing anything and you're getting impatient and you're starting to wonder and you're wondering and then you're waiting and you're wrestling, where is God? Remember, God's delays are not God's denials. Just because you haven't seen it does not mean God is not going to do it. Though it linger, wait for it. Though it linger, wait for it. At God's appointed time, it will come to pass. Verse four, many theologians say this is the most important verse in all of Habakkuk. It's not my favorite, but maybe it's the most important. Uh, Habakkuk is beside himself. The Babylonians are bad. Where are they gonna get their due? And if you read in Habakkuk 2, there's what's known as the five woes of Babylon. Basically, God says, I'm gonna get them, I'm gonna get them, I'm gonna get them, I'm gonna get them. They're gonna get theirs. I am a just God. Habakkuk is waiting. God, when are you gonna bring justice on us? When are you gonna bring justice on them? I don't understand. He's confused. And this is what God says. I, God acknowledges the Babylonians are evil. See, the enemy, Babylon, is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But God's not talking to them, he's talking to Habakkuk and he says, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness, will live by God's faithfulness. In the New Testament, scripture says the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We, our faith is not based on what we see or what we want or getting our desired outcome. Our faith is based on the character and the goodness and the nature of God. We live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. Pastor Brian Carissa in Life Church Keller, you're living by faith. Uh, uh, Pastor Brian's wife posted this uh, on little Macy, the girl with the uh, um, seizures. If you look to the left, August 2nd, she's counting the seizures early in the day. And this is what little Macy's mom wrote. On the hard days when the seizure count is over 15 by noon, you have to remind yourself that God is good. And she quotes the lyrics from the song that our church wrote. Uh, Even in the unknown, I know that you're good. Even in the waiting, 
you are good. My favorite parts of the song, I cried all the way through it today, is, is even in the waiting you're good, I will lift my hands while I'm waiting. Louder than my fears, I will sing. May my heart ever be reminded you are good. The righteous will live by faith. Even though I don't see with my eyes, I fight to trust you, God, with my heart. Even though everything I want you to do, you're not doing. I wait for it. I wait for your goodness. I wait for your glory to be revealed. Though it linger, wait for it. Though it's still not coming, wait for it. Wait for it. Habakkuk is disturbed, confused, upset, angry, feels betrayed, questioning, doubting, trying to hang on. And then he says three words in verse 20, almost as if he's reminding himself, God is still in charge. He says, but the Lord, everybody say, but the Lord. But God is in his holy temple. Even though I don't get it, even though things aren't going the way I think they should, but I remind myself, but God is still in his holy temple. No matter what I see, I choose faith. No matter what I feel, I choose faith. Even in my doubts, I will lift my hands. I don't see a way, but with God, there's always a way. I am aching, but in my heart, I choose to trust God. I don't see what I wanna see, but because of the faithfulness of God, I will choose to walk by faith. I don't understand this, but I believe with everything in me, my God is still good. But God is still on the throne because he is still there. I can, wor I can worship him before I see him move. I can praise him before I see him act. Even in the waiting, I believe that he is good. So I was talking to Mandy, my daughter. And I said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. I, I know that when God allowed this, when I said the word allowed, she kind, of, she kind of tensed up and I just kept talking. I said, I, I know that God allowed this in your life, but the way you're enduring it honors God. Your faith is, is so strong and, and you're enduring with such integrity. She said, Dad, I just have to stop you. Your theology is off. Oh, it is, young one. <laughs> Correct my theology, sweetheart, okay? She says, da, 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 da. She said, I, I don't say God is allowing this in my life. She said, do you see the difference that I'm able to make in so many people's lives? Like literally, she's ministering to thousands of people online through this. As she's hurting daily, she's ministering. She said, no, I believe God chose me for this because he knew that he could be glorified through it. And then she said, she said, Daddy, I'm not enduring. En enduring to me is passive. It's something's happening to me and I'm just hanging on to it. She said, Daddy, with everything in me, I'm embracing this. I'm embracing this. Habakkuk, 
Do you remember what Habakkuk means? Habakkuk does not mean wrestling and enduring, but the very name Habakkuk, it means to wrestle and to embrace. To wrestle. I don't like this. I would give anything if it would be different. But to hang on. God, I don't understand, but I'm not letting go. Chapter one in the wondering, don't walk away from God in chapter one. Chapter two in the waiting, don't quit on God in the waiting. Though it linger, wait for it. If it's not God's time, you can't force it. When it is God's time, you can't stop it. He is still good in the waiting. So in my mind, is 99% wrestling. It's time, God, do it now. But there is the one part of me, because of who God is, I will not let go. I will not let go. I will embrace even in the doubts, even in the pain, even when I don't understand. There's somebody here, what do you need to do? Go ahead, wrestle, wrestle. But don't let go of God. Chapter one, wondering. Wondering is so difficult. Don't walk away in one. Waiting is even more difficult. Don't quit on God. Next week is chapter three. What happens in chapter three? Oh, you have to be here next week <laughs> to find out what happens in chapter three. And remember, you cannot have chapter three without chapter one and without chapter two. Don't walk away from God in chapter one. Don't quit on God in chapter two. He's big enough to handle the wrestling, but continue to embrace.